What is up, Goal Line listeners? We're putting the finishing touches on week four in the NFL as the Seahawks and Giants are kicking off the third quarter on Monday Night Football, and we are back to talk some pigskin action with you guys. Jordan, what is up? Man, just another exciting week of NFL action. Um, Some bad, some good, as usual, but overall, another successful weekend of NFL. Definitely feels like we're kind of getting into the thick of it, right? Like the 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 opening see opening week kickoff that that buzz is kind of starting to fade, and we're kind of getting into the the real meat and potatoes of the season now. We're definitely rounding into form, as they say. Um, you you're definitely starting to see some of the teams that are pretenders or contenders. I feel like once you get a quarter of the way through, which after tonight we're there, um, you can start to kind of get a feel for who's actually real and who's not. Uh, remind the listeners where they can find us on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at goal underscore line underscore pod. And on Instagram, it's the goal line football show. I uh, want to give a shout out. Thanks for all the uh, the Chick Foley fam who joined us on the platform over there on the, the Chick Foley show podcast. But big shout out to the folks who have migrated over to the uh, the goal line exclusive feed. We had our biggest numbers ever last week. We we're up about 25% on listeners. So that's always good to see. You know, I know, uh, you know, Sheena and Marco and the rest of the Pod Foundation crew kind of gave us a little boost. It gave us a, a nice little high dive platform to uh, to launch off of on this. But it's nice to see us picking up some new listeners along the way. Um, Jordan, you got any uh, any housekeeping notes or anything? Or are we ready to talk some football? I think we're ready to go, man. Um, Whoops. You're good. I always forget Wrong about drop. that. Here we go. It's been a uh, long evening. I just got back from flag football practice with the, uh, the the kids a little bit earlier, and that basically drains all your mental energy. So I got about 45 minutes to kind of start building it back up before we hit record and, you know, peek behind the curtain. Me and Jordan had about a 20-minute heated AEW, WWE, pro wrestling fandom debate right before we hit record on this. So we're getting warmed up, man. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, pretend uh, for the goal line feed exclusive that we never said that, okay? Yeah, that was, we're going to men in black minder. <laughs> issue we, we never said that we're only into football think, this is only football. you think we got some uh you think we got some like hardcore football fans like pro wrestling haters on on the uh on the exclusive feed i mean it's completely possible so we're just gonna pretend that comment never happened so we're, we're just gonna move <laughs> into the good stuff they're throwing stuff at the at the freaking radio what the fuck wrestling talk somebody just fucking inserted a fucking tomato into their fucking radio so they never had to listen to us again do you got to give a quick shout out to uh, Kenneth Walker the third for the Seahawks? He is an Arlington Tiger, uh, local local star running back from from here in West Tennessee. That's what you know. My son Brett, our flag football team, we're the the flag football version of the Arlington Tiger. So it's cool to see him out doing his thing. Already got a touchdown tonight, also. Okay, well, let's move into the the football talk now. Let's uh let's start with, I, dude. I feel like we have to start with the Bills. I mean. After what the Dolphins did last week, like, how can anyone deny starting there? Um, me and Seth both picked them as our Super Bowl winner this year, and man, they are—they uh, looked like a machine yesterday. They just picked apart the Dolphins, and that was impressive, man. Josh Allen, dude, whatever happened after Week One, I don't know if they sat him down and they were just like, "Hey, man, you need to cool it on the YOLO throws. We can't afford those every game." And dude, he is playing incredible ball right now so yeah they look like a machine right now 
Yeah, they definitely knocked the Dolphins down a couple pegs. Uh, I don't know if it was just the injuries on the O-line started piling up or what, because those first two drives, it looked like it was going to be a track meet. Dolphins went right down, looked really, really crisp, really, really fast, and got touchdowns, but it fell apart quickly, man. Bills really put them in their place. Um, yeah, I think the Bills kind of are who we thought they were at the start of the season. You, you know, week one, there's always a few kind of just wacky results, man. You know, the emotions are running high, especially that when it was a Monday night football game, um, you know, September, the, the, the anniversary of 9-11 in New York City. Uh, so I think you kind of just throw that one out as a, as a one-off because the Bills have looked exactly how we thought they would look. They were both of our Super Bowl picks, and uh, they've definitely lived up to the hype since then. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say, too, is, yeah, I think the offensive line injuries did not help the Dolphins, but – Dude, one thing about the Bills is they have like an eight deep defensive line rotation, and it really shows up at the end of games. I mean, a lot of teams bring in their second unit, and they're nowhere near as good as the first unit. The Bills go eight deep, man. They they just rotate them guys in and out, and they got tons of first round picks. And they don't even have Vaughn Miller yet. Like they did just lose their star cornerback Tre'Davious White to a torn Achilles, so that's definitely a blow to them. But Dude, I just I feel like they're gonna get after the passer and dude league wide. I don't know how much of this you've noticed, but I feel like offensive line play is sinking badly. Like nobody's offensive line looks just like an absolute machine anymore. Like everybody's kind of uh, coming back to the pack a little bit. I mean, the Niners definitely still got an insane offensive line, but like the Cowboys, every once in a while, show some weakness. It's just. The Falcons' offensive line has just absolutely – I don't even know what happened to them. They are awful now. But I don't know, man. I think O-line play is down and defensive line play is up. So, yeah, it's a interesting league. Yeah, the Bills, like you said, they got some serious pedigree on that that D-line rotation. A lot of first-round picks with – you know, the first-round picks of their own and guys that they've picked up from around the league. So a lot of stud athletes, man, who, you know, maybe didn't quite live up to the first-round hype on the teams they were drafted on, but – being part of a rotation like that they're just you know it's nasty especially like you said you get to the fourth quarter you're already tired and you got another beast with fresh legs lining up across from you yeah it's uh the bills definitely have the recipe for success they can run the ball now too that helps a lot james cook has been really good for that team um yeah i'm, I'm really interested to see how they they wind up at the end of the season but i, I tell you what man the afc does not look as good as i thought it was gonna look I don't know how much of that Kansas City game you watched last night, but Kansas City definitely does not look like the normal Kansas City team. Yeah, it's easily could have beat them, man. I thought Zach Wilson outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I think people are starting to catch on. Somehow it took 10 years that if you shut uh, Travis Kelsey down, the they don't have a whole lot of guys that can beat you outside of Mahomes. Um, the Jets played – just they just bracketed Kelsey the whole game, and you could tell, dude, Mahomes doesn't trust any of those other guys. Like Tony has his mishaps every once in a while. I mean, Justin Watson's a young guy. Justin Ross, like I just don't think they're as good as uh, everyone was thinking. And the Bengals, good God, what the they hell? Got their ass whooped, dude. Burrow has to be hurt way worse than what they're. They've had three on. touchdown drives on offense this season. I don't even think they've scored a touchdown in the first half yet this season, if I heard that right yesterday. Yeah, it's looking like – I think maybe give it one more week, Dave, but if they drop to one and four, I think maybe set down Joe Burrow for about five or six weeks, let him get back to 100%, man. He's still the future of the franchise, and the, the arrow is still looking up for them um, as long as he's on the roster. But, dude, you don't – 
you don't want to end up getting him banged up to where it becomes something where he just never quite gets back to 100%. Because we've seen that before with guys who are seemingly franchise quarterbacks. The Bengals saw it themselves with Carson Palmer, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow hasn't had a, as big of an injury as Carson did with that big knee, but he was never the same after that. So, uh, you know, he's so valuable. They gave him the huge contract. I think they – I we talk about this being a win-now league. I think this is one of the situations, though, where you need to be thinking long-term. The problem for the Bengals is – Man, dude, they had you always get that four or five year window when your QB's on a rookie contract, and what you get out of that a lot of times it's not good for your franchise. I don't know, man. I their safety play is suspect at best on defense. Their offensive line, I read yesterday, had a 22% win rate on passing downs. That is god awful. League average is 56. I, I don't know, man. I never thought that team was going to look like that. And I think it's just a mixture of things. Their offensive line play hasn't been the greatest. Burrow can't scramble at all, so it takes away half of what makes him so special. Because, I mean, usually when he gets a guy in his face, he just scrambles out of the pocket and then uh, improvises something to happen, a lot like Mahomes does. But without that, man, it's really hard for them to run their normal offense. So, yeah, they are definitely on uh, scary hours. They, Like you said, they lose this week. Oh, boy. It's gonna it's gonna really feel like the weight of the world is on that team. Yeah, it's panic time if they hit this week. One and four is just that's gonna be tough to come back from, especially with the Ravens looking as strong as they've looked so far this season. Yeah. Um let's move on to our next topic. And this is uh kind of pointed out to a lot of people that were doubting me and Seth after we both said this last week. Uh the Texans actually might be for real. Um they absolutely dismantled Pittsburgh. Somebody was saying that was the first time because Pittsburgh didn't even sack Stroud. They said something like that was the first time in Steelers history that they didn't sack a rookie quarterback in a game at least one time, which I can believe with the amount of uh, insane defensive players the Steelers have had. So Texans, dude, D'Amico Ryans has that team believing and CJ yeah. Stroud is playing unreal. He set the record for most pass attempts by a rookie without a pick to start his career. He's at 151 right now without throwing a pick, which means he's going to throw five this week. But, um, <laughs> well, at least I hope so because they play the Falcons. But, dude, the Texans he's got the are, second most. Uh, he's got the second most passing yards through four games behind only Cam Newton for that, a rookie quarterback. That stat is wild, too, That the fact that Cam Newton holds that record after how many. He was a beast when he came in. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. After all the, you know, the league, it's in the, he cam debuted in 2011. The league is, it, you know, gone through, seems like two or three offensive revolutions since then where it's just more pass happy than ever. But, but that record still stood. I would have thought for sure um, somebody would have smashed that record in the last 12 years. But, uh, but nah, man, Stroud looks tough, dude. If nothing else, the Texans are going to be a tough, a tough out for everybody this season. And, you know, we were a little bit, it looks like we were definitely wrong about, the Jaguars running away with this thing. I think the AFC South is going to be up for grabs. You know, Titans are kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of a team. Colts are looking strong with uh, Anthony Richardson back. And, um, and yeah, the, uh, you, you know, the uh, Texans, man, they're freaking coming on strong here, dude. So I think the AFC South could be pretty interesting down the stretch. Yeah, those are going to be some good games, uh, good divisional games on the stretch. Um, I feel like we haven't talked about this team much since week one. The only thing we kind of said was maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. The Lions are as good as advertised. They play tough defense, and they just 
their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is going to be the first person getting a head coaching job this offseason. His offense is fun to watch. They get the most out of everybody on that team. Goff is playing really good football. David Montgomery, just an absolute monster the other night. They still haven't even really broke out Gibbs yet. Like, he hasn't even had, like, a breakout game yet. So, and they're getting Jamison Williams back this week. So, oh, boy. They actually might yeah, be they really Super beat Bowl the, contenders. They beat the shit out of the Packers. That game was not close. It was never in doubt. Yeah, they're going to be a very tough out for anybody um, playing them down the stretch. So uh, I just felt like we hadn't really gave the Lions any love since that Kansas City win. So they definitely deserve I, it. I think it was that that home loss in week two to the Seahawks really just kind of that all that doubt that we talked about with Detroit. Like, you know, something's always going to go wrong. They're always going to let you down. I think it just brought that, that kind of killed the hype train right there. But but you're right. They're back to, uh, you know, one, two straight now and starting to stack up some victories. Again, that's a division. They might run away with that one, man. The Vikings have obviously had a horrible start to the season, and the Bears are, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, probably one of the worst teams we've seen the last three or four seasons. Uh, So, yeah, the Lions could be in the mix for for getting that bye and getting home field advantage throughout. Yeah, they're going to be tough. Um, I I feel like – Real quick, what are you you sipping on, man? I am drinking – again, we're going Halloween theme. It's called Welcome Great Pumpkin, a Midwest Pumpkin Patch Ale. It is from Cooper's Family Farm. Looks like it's in Elburn, Illinois. This one is one that you would like. There's no sweetness to it at all. It's got some uh, nutmeg and pumpkin spice. It's it's good, man. It's a really good beer. Nice. I'm doing uh, some Bushlight Peach, man. I grabbed one more 24-pack of it. I think it's just uh, just about off the shelves everywhere here in Tennessee. I don't know if you guys still got it in stock. There in Nebraska, but uh, yeah, that was definitely a good, good limited time offering from from our friends at Bush. You got to remember, dude, Midwest like Nebraska, Illinois, stuff like that. We got every kind of bush you can imagine. Like when they come out the farmer cans, they get fucking twenty pallets of it. So yeah, there's still a lot of bush light thirty racks floating around Omaha right now. Nice bush light peach thirty racks. the fourth topic, we're going to go with the two overtime games, Rams, Colts, and Eagles, Commanders. Two really well-played football games. Uh, both came down to, obviously, a game-winning score. So, dude, Matt Stafford plays through some of the most like gruesome injuries. It looks like he has a hip injury. He could barely walk up and down the field and somehow let a game-winning touchdown drive. That dude's got some nuts on him. Like, Yeah, he's he's a tough son bitch for sure. But I, I was impressed with the Colts, man, the fact that they came back. the It looked like the Rams were just going to run away with that game, and the Colts, uh, Anthony Richardson brought him all the way back. That dude's definitely a baller. So um, Now we got Jonathan Taylor possibly coming back this week, man. What, what do you think, dude? Is that going to is that gonna be something, or do you think it's going to be uh, you know much ado about nothing? We've seen typically – when guys hold out, they, it seems like they're just slow getting out of the blocks, and it, it it's really hit or miss, man. No matter how good the player is, it, it usually doesn't lead to a, a real big successful season once they do come back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, do you really think he's going to come back this week, though? I just, dude, I feel like him and Ursay's relationship is so bad, like. Usually he's going to be able to practice on Wednesday, man. I mean, Adam Schefter was reporting they're expecting to have him back and possibly playing. So I don't know. I mean, I'm with you, dude. I think it was ugly. I would not be surprised at all if we woke up tomorrow and saw that the Rams have, you know, traded a third round pick for him. Um, That wouldn't shock me one bit. But 
you know, we've seen uglier situations get, you know, get mended um, in the NFL. The the Rams would shock me because Kieran Williams is that dude is a really good player. I mean, he's 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 I I just threw the Rams off the dough, man. I mean, I just know they're they're the type of team that'll is is really quick to pull the trigger on, uh, you know, trading for a veteran. But yeah, I'm saying I I wouldn't be surprised if he went somewhere this week. Let's run through the possible teams because it was rumored the Dolphins. They're not doing it now. They got a two headed monster running back with a Chan and Mostert. I doubt they're doing it. The Bills you think were going to be a contender. The Bills Lions don't need him. The Bills were another one. The Chiefs were another one. I could see the Bills pulling the trigger because they are right there, man. I mean, Cook is playing well, but dude, you get the opportunity to grab someone like Jonathan Taylor to a team like that. I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs, though, man. You know, the Chiefs need weapons more than the Bills do, man. I feel like even even with Kelsey being there, man, I feel like I kind of like the arsenal of weapons that Josh Allen has a little bit more than Pat Mahomes. Um, but I mean, Jerick McKinnon's a pretty good running back and Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets the job done. So I don't know. I, I was never super high on Jonathan Taylor, man. I think he's a good running back. I think he excelled behind just a beast of an O-line that, that big year that he had. Um, I don't, so he's not somebody I would like kind of bet the farm on. So I don't know if I'm the chiefs or bills, I'm probably not giving up too much for him. That's just, that's just yeah. me. And I could be way off base on this and he goes to one of those teams and ends up getting them the spark to go to the Super Bowl. but I don't necessarily see it. Yeah, I mean, and it, dude, when you're already through four weeks of the season, like if you really have a weakness at running back, I, I think it'd probably be worth it. Like if you're if you're one piece away from getting there, I just don't feel like the the Chiefs and Bills are the running back is the one piece that they're missing. You know, um, the Chiefs more. I think they need more of a, a outside receiver more than anything. Yeah, they need like, a receiver, and I feel like the Bills. I think they need like another playmaker on defense. Yeah, uh, I think the trade deadline is going to be really interesting this year because, dude, there's a lot of teams that have to go all in right now because they got a lot of guys on rookie deals. And again, this is the win now league, dude. If you got a chance to to win this year, you push your chips all the way in and you try to win this year, much like the Rams did two years ago. I mean, everybody ripped on them for all the moves they made and getting all those first round picks. Dude, I'd give up the next 10 first round picks for the Falcons to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I it's would. worth it, man. Whatever you, what if you win one Super Bowl, whatever you did was worth it, man. It it, it was worth it. That it, it totally just the, the ends justify the means. Um, you know, a team. It, you know, it may be bad for you, man, but somebody who's been sneaky good, who I could see him going and really helping out, is the Bucks, man. Yeah. Imagine if you threw Jonathan Taylor into the mix with what they've been doing. They got cap issues, though. I don't even think they could get him there under the cap right now. Like, dude, they've got so much dead money after the Brady stuff, and you could always figure it out, though, man. I mean, maybe they go and have a new contract negotiated with them. I just feel, I feel like if they want to make it happen, they could find yeah. a way. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. That would definitely help that team a lot. Um, let's talk about Eagles commanders. Dude, the Eagles last year at this time were just absolutely dominating teams. And this year they're just kind of barely getting by, which honestly, a lot of people are like making a huge deal about. I honestly think it's better that they're playing this way early in the season and still getting by. Cause you got to imagine they're going to hit their stride eventually. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just think everybody's making a big deal about nothing. Like, Dude, the fact that they're four and zero with as bad as they played some games—I mean, you got to tip your cap to them, man. They get it done at the end. 
Yeah, you are what your record says you are, man. They got game breakers all over the field. I think, you know, teams have just been playing them tough, man. I don't like when I with the, when I've watched them play, I don't necessarily think the Eagles are playing bad. I think they're just, you know, they're just having tough games, man. I mean, the Bucks are they've shown to be a really scrappy team. Same thing with the Redskins, dude. Ron Rivera has got the Redskins playing hard as hell every single week, man. Sam Howell, Sam Howell is a gamer. Um, you know, they played the Patriots in New England. Bill Belichick, that's never an easy game, man. It doesn't matter if it's Mac Jones, a quarterback or not. Um, you know, Bill Belichick up in New England, you know, he's going to cook something up. And that was week one. So he had all offseason to come up with a game plan for the Eagles. Um, now nah, I, I think you are what your record says you are. You're 4 0, man. Eagles and 49ers are the class of the league right now. And I know if I was an NFL coach, I would not be excited at all about having to deal with that Philly O line and D line. They are they're a problem up front on both sides of the ball for sure. Um, Kelsey just absolutely anchors that offensive line. Dude, I'm happy that he's getting the shine that he deserves because it's pretty rare that uh, a center or even offensive lineman outside of a, a left tackle gets a whole lot of shine, you know? Like, the left tackles always get shine because they're pre- protecting the quarterback's blind side, but... Dude, Kel- the Kelsey brothers doing that podcast and Jason Kelsey getting the the amount of um, love that he's getting, I think is cool, man. Like, offensive linemen are never the sexiest position, but, dude, I don't know how much you've noticed, but there's been a lot of Kelsey jerseys in the stands at Eagles games now, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it's the Taylor Swift effect. Let's keep it real, dude. N- dude, this was happening well before the Taylor Swift thing. I ain't talking about Travis Kelsey. I'm talking about Jason Kelsey. No, tra- I didn't know Travis Kelsey had a brother until Taylor Swift got involved. Oh I heard him talking about her on the podcast. Dude. Dear Just God. keeping it real. Okay, Seth's Taylor Swift things are stricken from the record. Like, we don't need any other reasons to lose <laughs> listeners. Like, we're not talking about Taylor Swift anymore. We're, that was a one and done week. One week four was the only time we're talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> He's probably the most high profile offensive lineman, maybe in the history of the league, dude. You just, it's kind of like an unwritten rule, man. Like a lot of teams, the offensive linemen like never talk to the press. They just do their job. They're like the lunch pail guys, man. But He's super charismatic. I remember when the Eagles um, had their Super Bowl run in 2017. He was super funny at all the the victory parades and the press conferences and interviews after the game. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan in all seriousness, man. I, I like him getting out there and promoting himself. He's a good dude. Um, well, this is where we, uh, we're going to do some quick hits, and then we're going to talk about race for number one. Uh, quick hits. Khalil Mack, six sacks and two forced fumbles in one football game. Have, it, dude, have honestly, it wasn't even one football life. game. I was uh, I was kind of looking back at the the play by play from that. He did that in forty three minutes, dude. He, he did that with like you know in, in a span of forty three minutes in the game, six sacks. He was just he was wrecking it, man. Like that's tied for second most all time. Derek Thomas had seven sacks in a game back in like nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. So I mean, it was legit an all timer of a performance, dude. In the year 2023, someone getting six sacks and two forced fumbles is nearly unheard of at this point in the NFL. I mean, left tackles in 1990, yeah, they were big, strong dudes, but they weren't quick by any means. Like, dude, left tackles now, they're they're running five flat 40s. Like, this is not the 1990s NFL anymore. And he beat that, remember- that dude like a drum the entire game. Quick- Quick digression back in Falcons memory lane. Do you remember back in 2017? I cannot think of the dude's name, man. Against the Cowboys, the Falcons had a guy who had six yeah, sacks. Yeah, it was Adrian Claiborne. 
Yeah, Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, I knew it was Adrian something, man. Yeah, I remember like it's just the sacks can really come in bunches. I remember J- I think Jason Pierre Pierre Paul had six on a game way back in the day against the Eagles. Um, because I think Khalil Mack, I was looking at the stats leaders right now. He's tied for the lead, and all his came in one game. So yeah, with one game, he's tied as the uh, sack leader in the NFL right now. Yeah, dude, it's that was insane. And then I mean, we have to touch on this. Christian McCaffrey, four touchdowns yesterday. He's dude, a beast, dude. Just oh. got to hope he stays healthy, man. He runs so hard every single time he gets the ball. I just, dude, I almost, almost, I mean, you could almost justify as loaded as the Niners are. Like, they would never do this, but just, like, set him until, like, week 11, dude. Like, I just feel like he's so good, such a game changer every time he gets it, man. It's like... The way he runs the ball, it's super twitchy. It's like he's almost kind of, kind of like riding the wave behind those big road graders he's got um, on the offensive line. I just, I really hope he stays healthy all the way through and we get to see the Niners at 100% in the playoffs. I wish I had the audio because I remember when this trade went down last year and we were still doing the long balls, RIP. I was the only one that was like, dude, this trade is 100% worth it. Everybody else was like, I mean, does it really do that much for this team? Yeah, it does. This dude is absolutely unreal. He is by far the best running back in the NFL, and it is not close. When this dude's healthy, he's basically unstoppable. So it's uh, it's special to watch him play football, man. It's it's really something. Like he just opens up that offense so much, and Purdy's still playing his game. But dude, having McCaffrey line up every down behind you really makes defenses respect the run a lot more so oh yeah yeah it's yeah they got to play the run first which is different than how they play pretty much every single other team in the nfl and yeah shout out to brock purdy he's 12 and 0 now in games that he is healthy for he is 12 and 0 as an nfl starter that is insane uh all right race for number one this is a one team race this week the bears <laughs> good the bears are running away God, with it dude. dude i don't know how Everfluss survived today man i thought for sure he was gonna get fired after that collapse dude how does anybody on that team survive like the gm is on the hot seat too don't don't forget that this is the same gm that traded the first pick in the second round for chase claypool who looks like he's about to be off that team after a healthy scratch yesterday i justin fields had a good game yesterday against a defense that just let up 70 the week before he had a great three quarters the fourth quarter was absolutely abysmal for him that fumble that the um that got housed i i don't even know what the hell he was doing on that play like yeah way too careless with the ball down the stretch and then yeah dude he just like when you can tell when his confidence level is super high like it good lord danny dimes jesus dude (laughs) 100 yard pick six good god um seahawks are going to three and one yeah, it's just he's just so care like you said, just so careless with the ball, and he just does not make the right read. Also, what the hell was Matt Eberflus doing on that fourth and one play, dude? Kick the field goal and go up three points, like yeah, especially when you know the Broncos have been shaky in close games going back, you know, to the start of the Russell Wilson era last also, year. I don't was, know. There was four and a half minutes left in the game, dude. Like, and the thing is, even if you get it on that fourth down, you're still 30 yards away from the end zone. It's not like, you know, we get this first down, we can, yeah, like you said, and there's four minutes left. It's not like we can run it down and kick a field goal with two seconds left to win it. I just, 
Ugh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what he was doing there, man. Kick a field goal, put some more pressure on the, the Broncos offense and see how it shakes out. Okay, so they're in the race for the number one. The Panthers are in the race for number two, which that pick goes to the Bears. So as of right now, the Bears have the first and second pick. If you are Caleb Williams, do you even consider going pro if you have to go to the Bears? So I'm, I'm, if I'm him, I'm thinking strategically, I'm not going to the Bears, but I may come out if I know that there's a team that is, you know, desirable to me that is going to trade up and, uh, and grab me, you know, like say maybe the Rams, you, you know, maybe, maybe Stafford retires after this year and the Rams give up the house to keep Caleb Williams in LA, uh, and, and go there. Um, I don't see him. Uh, maybe if Lincoln Riley leaves USC and goes and takes over the Bears, I could see it, but I don't know why he would want to do that, man. The Bears are just – they're kind of starting to replace the Lions and the Browns as like the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. Think about it. They fired Lovey Smith after Lovey went 10-6 and six because somehow that wasn't good enough for the Chicago Bears, and they've had minimal success since then. You know, they've And they've, been, they've definitely been dysfunctional since they got rid of Lovey. Dude, I, I just – I mean, as of right now, if like the draft was tomorrow, they could get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., with the top two picks, which on paper, like any other franchise, you're thinking, holy shit, man, that could change the trajectory of that franchise. I don't trust the bears with any quarterback at this point. Like, I don't think it matters who they get. I don't, I just don't think they know what they're doing. They've haven't had a good quarterback since I've been watching football. You know, Jay Cutler was supposed to be this franchise guy. He was up and down the whole time he was there you know, Rex Grossman was, he had some high points, but he always was, you know, due for, he, he could throw three picks in any given Sunday. Uh, but again, yeah, I don't know if it's the, the it, weather there or what, but. But is it the player's fault? Because they've drafted two players in, in positions where they should be the franchise quarterback. Trubisky was always an awful pick. I still, still to this day, I don't understand what they were thinking with that pick. They traded up to get him when Deshaun Watson and Mahomes were on the board. Like, I, I still don't understand how any he had a losing record at North Carolina, right? And he had never taken a snap under center, dude. Like, they made such a big deal about that. And everybody's like, oh, that doesn't matter. He couldn't take a snap under center in the NFL. He didn't know how. I, I don't know, man. It's just... Uh... I the feel- Bears, like I said, I don't know if it's that that weather coming through Chicago or the way the stadium is built. I just feel like it's where passing games go to die. Remember, Musin Muhammad um, signed. This is going way back, dude. We're hitting the time machine. Musin Muhammad signed there in 2005 after he had had a year where he went for something like 1,600 yards for the Panthers. And he never had another, you know, he barely had another big game after that, dude. They just, the Bears got to have a running game and a beast of a defense, man. Like, that's what you think of when you think of Bears. Do you think Dick Buckus way back in the days? You think the 85 Bears uh, with, with Mike Ditka coaching them? And then you think, you know, the, the early 2000s, the, the Brian Urlacher-led Bears had a lot of success, made it to the Super Bowl one year against Peyton Manning. But they have just never been, you know, an offensive, high-firepower type team, and I don't think they ever will. Okay, but you say that. They literally set this team up to be a run-first team, and then for whatever reason, they completely ditched that and want to make Justin Fields a pocket passer. Like, at some point, it has to go on them. Like, it can't just be the weather. They could easily just be running the 
the offense that Lamar Jackson ran the year he won the MVP, and I think they'd be fine. I've said it all along. Justin Fields is not a good NFL quarterback. He is a fantastic athlete, and it just seems like they don't use it at all. Like, they went from last year where they leaned on it, which, granted, it didn't equate to any wins. I mean, they've lost 12 straight games now, so, man, I just – I don't know where that franchise goes. Like they obviously have to fire everybody on the coaching staff. I, I don't think that GM su- should survive this year either. Honestly, he's made some. I mean, if Justin Fields isn't the guy, then he traded up for him, blew that one. He could have had CJ Stroud this past year, which that looks like a bozo move by the Bears. I just, I don't know, man. And I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. If you're trading down from number one, you have to make sure that you're in position to get one of the best players in the draft, and they did not do that. How do you go from the number one pick this year, and you're going to be right back there next year? Like, that is – that's bad. It's horrible, man. And it's really sad because, you know, they're one of the most historic, most storied franchises in the NFL. Super loyal fan base. It just sucks for the – you know, for for Bears Nation. Yeah, it's just – Sucks, man. I feel bad for them because they do have a really good and loyal fan base, but it just seems like that team is just ran so poorly, and they just seem like they have no idea what they're doing half the time. So, I think it's between them and the Cardinals. If I'm like a, a you know a top draft prospect, those are the two teams that I'm definitely telling my agent like I really do not want to end up in, in Phoenix or Chicago. Here, here's the difference, though. The Cardinals canned everybody when they realized they blew it, and now they've got a good head coach, and they play hard for him, man. True. They, True. They're, dude, they're throwing out Josh Dobbs, and they're nearly beating teams that are better than them every week. Like, they should not be almost beating the teams that they're playing. They did not play They hung bad. with the Niners yesterday. They, they hung, they hung yeah. with the Niners for three quarters. They beat the Cowboys last week. They hung with the Niners. I mean, dude, they've played, they've played hard football every single game, like – I don't know, man. I, I don't think the Cardinals are as much of a dumpster fire as you think they are. Like, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. We've seen them have a lot more success over the last 15 years also than the Bears. You know, they had the Kurt Warner years with Ken Wisenhunt were really, really awesome. And then they had a, you know, they made it to a conference championship game with Carson Palmer at QB. And dude, just watching around the league, somebody is going to offer them a trade for Kyler Murray. I don't care what anyone says about his size or whether or not he's completely committed to the game. When the dude is on, he is still a really – Yeah. Dude, I would kill to have Kyler Murray on the Falcons right now. I would absolutely – Dude, that might not be a bad idea, man. That I mean, if, is there any chatter on that, dude? No, there's not. I feel not. like the Desmond Ritter experiment is about to get the plug pulled on it. Yeah, it should be getting the plug pulled on it. The problem is, is their coach is way too loyal to his players. Like, dude, they're just wasting Kyle Pitts. They're wasting Drake London. They got B. John Robinson, who is an absolute freak. I mean, he is their entire offense. That's the only offense they have right now. So if I was them, I'd be taking a good hard look at Kyler Murray. And honestly, dude, Arizona is just going to want to get out from under that contract. That's all they're going to care about. I don't I don't think they're expecting to get like five first round picks for Kyler Murray. I think one first round pick and maybe a second would probably do it just getting out from under that contract for them. And, dude, if I'm the Falcons, they're not that far off. Their defense is good. They're they're a quarterback away from being a good team. They got good weapons, man. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, they have weapons on offense. I just – somebody's going to make a move for Kyler Murray. I fully believe that, and I do think the Cardinals end up drafting a quarterback. I think Gannon's going to get his guy. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. 
That was a that was a thirty five minute show opener there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to get into Uni Watch? Yep. All right, pretty light for Uni Watch this week. Really, just two teams that busted out special uniforms. So first off, we had the Texans going with the red jerseys, and the one change from years past, they had the the red chrome helmets. Also, I thought they looked sick, man. I actually thought they looked a lot nicer than their regular uniforms. Yeah, those were very very cool looking. Um, very fitting that they do that on the JJ Watt retire or ring of honor or whatever they call it in Houston ceremony. So. Also fitting that TJ Watt doesn't get a sack on the day that they're doing that for his brother. I, <laughs> they I think that's the shit hilarious. Out of Steelers, dude. Yeah, dude, that, I, I, that I'm was, interested um, to see uh, what happens, man. Mike Tomlin was pissed in the, the post-game press conference. He said they're making some big changes this week. Dude, Kenny Pickett is not good. He is not a good quarterback, man. No, I think he'd be an awesome backup, man. I think he'd be a perfect backup quarterback, but... Uh, yeah, I just don't think he's quite got it, man. No. The um the other one is the Jets last night on Sunday Night Football. They gave the Chiefs all they could handle and then some, and they rocked the uh, kind of the late 80s, early 90s throwbacks, man. I thought these looked super clean. Yeah, those jerseys are incredible. Did you notice or – like? because, I mean, I know a lot of people were speaking about it on Twitter. Did you notice how red the Chiefs jerseys were last night? Like it was like a <laughs> really bright red. Yeah, I don't know if it was the lights or NBC's broadcast or what, but yeah, you're right. It was almost like a like a neon. It was like atomic red. It was one of the colors that Nike uses on their shoes sometimes. Yeah, it was super duper bright. I thought there was something wrong with our TV, and then I was seeing like highlights of the game on Twitter, and I'm like, it is not our TV. Like something's going on there. You know what it probably was? What? Taylor Swift effect. Oh my god! You know she's got an album called Red, so it's probably like you know. All right, thanks for joining us, that, dude. <laughs> All right, let's get into picks. Yeah. Bridge all the trouble. All right, I had a. How did we do last week, man? Let's All right. hear it. So, so I ended up winning the week last week. As we said, it came down to the Rams Bengals game. Um, previous week and the Rams won that game or the Bengals won that game. So I won last week by one game this week, dude, we picked the same team for every single game. There was, there was really, we had no games we picked different on. Nope. And we're both going to go 13 and three this week. So, uh, bravo. Oh, to hey, strong us. week of picks anyways, man. Yeah. Damn, Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Dude. Our only losses this week were Browns Colts. And Bengals. That was our only losses this week. And I think Browns, you got to put an asterisk by that because I don't think anybody was anticipating Deshaun Watson missing the game. And as much as we bag on the pervert, I think it would have been a lot different game if they had uh, Deshaun Watson in there at QB. Yeah, I mean, when you get a rookie quarterback that's coming in there with no game experience at all, it's pretty tough. So that means Um, through four weeks, you are leading two weeks to one, right? Yep. Two, one, and one is what the, what this, what the, Tally is Jesus. Couldn't All right. That word so, out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm trying to get a little bit more buzz going, man, for these picks. So I can try to get the momentum going. I just pop the top on another uh, Koenig Pilsner from uh, from Denmark. So get the imports going to get these picks rolling. Thursday night football. 
0-4 Bears. <laughs> just what you need, man. After after starting 0-4 and having a just stunning collapse against the lowly Broncos, you only get three days rest, and you're going into D.C. to face the feisty Commanders. I think I think Washington has a get-right game and kicks their ass. Yeah, I, I'm not picking the Bears, dude. A- after the week they just had, I mean, after the last two weeks they've had with all the problems in their organization and everything, and now that game on top of it, yeah, there's no way I'm – picking the bears commanders you know honestly if i'm ownership i'm probably looking at it like why fire the coach and only give our new guy three days head start i think friday man i would i wednesday before they leave for that trip to dc i'm probably going and taking all my personal effects out of the office if i'm if i'm matt everfluss man because unless they have a big showing i can't see him surviving that and that'd be the perfect time to make the change you give your give your new guy a, a week and a half to to get ready for his debut what do you think I mean, that that doesn't seem like a bad idea. Or maybe they just say F it and they just let him coach out the whole season. I, I, dude, who knows, man? It's the NFL. You never know what's going to happen in the NFL. There's been numerous times where we thought, all right, dude, this coach should get fired this week if they lose, and then he sticks around for another 10 weeks. So, Yeah, I feel like the firing, dude, I, I feel like like the early slash midseason firing has got to come from two things. One <laughs> If you're like a Super Bowl contender or like, you know, a serious postseason contender and you're just doing super mediocre, maybe you do it to make a spark, you know, to give a spark if you think the head coach is really fucking it up. Or two, if it becomes so bad that like the fan base is revolting, you know what I mean? Like if, if the Bears fans just decide we're going to stop coming to the freaking home games, maybe you see it then. Um, I, don't, I don't really got a good enough pulse on the local scene in Chicago to know how bad it's getting there, um, but I can't imagine it's good. Yeah, agreed. All right. Interesting game. Sunday night football. We got the or no, excuse me. This is Sunday morning football. This is uh, another game in the UK. The Jags staying there this week to face the Buffalo Bills. Um, I just watched the Jags for an entire game. I don't know what is wrong with that team, but their offense just looks completely out of rhythm. Like n- nothing about that team's offense looks like anything we all thought it was going to look like. I, I don't get it, man. That that team should be way better than they are. Uh, I'm going Bills. You don't think that's a possible X factor, not having to make that trip? Because, you know, they'll have been in London for two weeks at this point as opposed to the Bills. Um, Yeah, that might be an X factor that makes the game a little closer. But, no, the Bills are going to destroy them. Yeah, the Bills are set up as five and a half point favorites. So I'd maybe, I'd maybe, you know, if I was a gambling man, I'd maybe sprinkle a little money on the Jaguars because that's definitely got to give them a little bit of an advantage. But you're right, probably not enough to beat the Bills the way the Bills are playing right now. Um, I will, I will go Bills, but it's a tentative Bills, dude. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see the Jaguars pull off the upset. Okay. All right, AFC South showdown: the two and two Titans traveling to the two and two Colts. Dude, what Titans team shows up this week is the problem. Like two two weeks ago, Derrick Henry couldn't even run the ball. This week, he <laughs> looked like he turned back the clock five years. I threw a touchdown pass. He was kicking ass, man. I just think the Colts. I can see are this better. would go either way. I can see the I can see the Colts blowing out the Titans, or I can see the Titans going in there and kicking the shit out of the Colts, man. Tough one to pick. I'm going to let you go first. Colts I, are one and a half point favorites. I just think the Colts are just a better team right now. They they definitely have a better quarterback. I just, dude, I'm going to go Colts. I mean, it's not with a ton of faith because I think the Titans are good. I don't think they're great, but they're just, 
too, they're too inconsistent. It feels like they have a good week and then they follow it with a bad week. So I'm going to go with the trend and say that they continue that trend. Yeah, I agree. The the common theme for the Titans, the two home games, they look great. The two road games, they t- they look like shit. So that's enough for me to say that the Colts win. But again, I would not be surprised at all to see the Titans rolling there and, and, and kick them around a little bit. Yeah. All right. The Saints at the Patriots. Do we know for sure? Is, is Mac Jones starting or are we going to see Bailey Zappi possibly uh, get the start this week? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it matters if the Saints are going to trot Derek Carr out there again. Dude. Did you happen to look at Derek Carr's stats from this week? He couldn't throw the ball more than five yards because his shoulder, he has an AC joint sprain, which apparently is way worse than I thought. I don't. He think somehow it, has two touchdown passes through four games. I he, feel like I would have three if I was starting in the NFL. Dude, hold on. Just let me give you a, an idea of how bad their offense was yesterday. Alvin Kamara caught 13 balls yesterday for... Wait for it. 33 yards. <laughs> hey, man, the PPR owners are loving it, though. Yeah. But anybody that watches football is like, what is this? I mean, dude, I get it. Jameis is a disaster waiting to happen. But when you can't even throw the ball downfield, I mean, your offense is basically not even there. I mean, I'm watching. I feel like Jameis at least gives you a chance, man. Jameis gives you a, you could win any game with James. You could win any game. You could lose any game with Jameis as your quarterback. Uh, I'm going Patriots just because I have no faith that the Saints are good at all this year. Yeah, I agree. I say Patriots win. All right, Ravens and Steelers at Pittsburgh. I think Baltimore wins and keeps the uh, the, the the misery rolling in Pittsburgh, man. Yeah, the Steelers are not good, man. I just I can't in good faith pick them right now. It's just not a good football team. I mean, literally, what do they have? One win or are they two wins? No, they have one. There are two wins. Yeah, oh, two, two wins. wins. Remember, they beat the Browns on that wild Monday night football game. Which they shouldn't have won that game. The Browns just handed no. them that game. So, yeah, uh, I'm going Ravens as well. I do think the Steelers give them a hell of an effort. I mean, this is always basically like a steel cage match, you know, as far as a robbery game. And I think Tomlin gets them boys fired up, ready to go. But I think the Ravens get the win and move to 4-1. and one. Okay. All right, the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. We were giving him his flowers earlier. They're coming into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium facing the 2-2 two and two Falcons. Falcons are one-point favorites in this game, but I tell you what, dude. I think the Texans get the win, and I think we actually see the sunset on the Desmond Ritter era in Atlanta this weekend. I'm picking Houston to get the win. Falcons coming back off that long trip from London, too, man. You know that was a long-ass flight home after getting their ass kicked over there like that in Andy's bedroom. Yeah, they, they haven't lost a game at home yet this year, but, dude, the way the Texans are playing right now, it's pretty tough to imagine the Falcons coming up with a game plan to beat that team the way they've played the last two weeks. So as much as it pains me and as much as I never thought I was going to have to say I'm picking the Texans over the Falcons, uh, I'm picking the Texans over the Falcons. <laughs> we uh we didn't talk about it dude i thought you would have brought it up in the uh opening for those that don't know you know jordan kind of sets the uh the discussion topics for the opening show what did you think of the toy story presentation it was cool it was uh my daughter definitely liked it i i thought there was some cool stuff in it that is absolutely unreal that they got the technology to do that because <laughs> yes, it dude. was basically two plays behind the live broadcast so it could like feed into whatever AI was controlling right. that. But dude, 
I seriously thought that thing, I'm not going to lie to you, it was just going to look like if it was a passing play, it looked like the exact same passing play, but it would be a different player. And if it was a run play, it looked like the exact same run play just for the amount of yards. No, dude, it was literally the exact play they ran on the field. It was absolutely impressive that they did it. Yeah, I uh, I, I was telling Sheena too, you know, we were watching it Sunday morning, like, At this point, man, with all the stuff we've seen in our lifetime, especially the last 10, 15 years, it's really tough to be genuinely, genuinely impressed by something like tech wise. But that was super duper impressive the way they pulled it off, man. We we loved it. We ended up watching that whole game on Toy Story. Brett sat there and watched the entire game. He was really loving like the the trivia they were sprinkling in between series and stuff. He'd get fired up anytime new trivia questions were coming up. So yeah, we had a really good time with that. I'm a huge fan of that and really loved the uh, you know we talked about it last week the Nickelodeon games that they always put on during Wild Card Weekend and stuff. Um, so it's just it's great when they do stuff like that to make the game more accessible for the the, the youth. They definitely got to lean more into that, I feel like, because I, I, I kind of feel like they don't attract a new crowd as much as they should with games like that. Because, I mean, dude, let's face it, there's a lot of adults that aren't really football fans. And, I mean, that kind of stuff is cool. Like, that's the kind of stuff that attracts new viewers. And they, they got to lean more into that. Like, the NFL is a huge organization. And if they can do stuff like that and – Dude, Disney can put on a absolute show like they know what they're doing. And I hope this isn't the last time we see that because, yeah, it was really cool. You know, what I'm waiting to see, man, is for the NFL to adopt. I can't remember which league it was. It was one of the minor league, minor arena football leagues that basically let the fans vote for the plays, right? Like it's like they'll have on like live oh, Twitter yeah. polls and like the next play, the fans can vote if it's going to be a runner pass or whether they go for it on fourth down. Like I want to see them do that for just like one game, maybe in the preseason or something just to try it out. Yeah, you ain't doing that in a meaningful game. <laughs> it would be cool though man what if it, what if a team just did that we said hey you know what dude like the bears right the bears owner's like you know what i'm tired of you fucking fans bitching at us week in and week out guess what you guys are the fucking coaches dude and just you know every week just roll up on fucking twitter dude like between every play do a quick live poll what do we do you know run pass play action whatever dude just here, see how it shakes out for the season here's why i say you can't do that because you'd get a bunch of trolls on twitter it'd be like fourth and 23 and they'd be like run it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would need to have some sort of verification system in place. Maybe you just let maybe you got to be a season ticket holder, right? There you go. Maybe you got to be a season ticket holder to get access to the app, dude. But yeah, let the season ticket holders coach the team, man. See how it shakes out. That would bring a new meaning to the word tanking the season because the fans that <laughs> wanted them to lose every game would just like call a bunch of shitty plays. <laughs> All right. We got the 0-4 Panthers traveling to the 3-1 and Lions. I wonder when the last time the Lions were nine-point favorites in the game. I think Detroit rolls and this one gets ugly. Yeah, there's no – dude, the Panthers, I think they will be decent. I think Bryce Young's going to be a good quarterback. He's going to have a lot of growing pains this year, though. Dude, I was about to ask, man. I'm not sure if Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback, dude. Obviously, it's way too early to tell, but we're doing an NFL podcast, so it's our job to to try to make the tough calls, man. I'm not seeing a ton of promise in the, the through the first four games, dude. And I, I wasn't super high on him coming out of Alabama, bro. Okay, so just let me let me break this down for you a little bit here. His line gave up five sacks. They were absolutely god-awful again. I think he got hit like 14 times. And somehow the dude went 25 of 32 for 204 
with a 93.2 QB rating while throwing to the likes of Adam Thielen, who Adam Thielen's fine, Terrence Marshall Jr., DJ Chark, and Miles Sanders. Like, dude, the, I I mean, I don't want to say the cupboard's bare, but damn, dude, like, I think, uh, I think that's a pretty bad wide receiving core for a rookie quarterback. They didn't do him a whole lot of favors. I, I still no, think I agree, I, he's, that. I, I agree. He's accurate, dude. That That's the one thing is like, you cannot teach a quarterback accuracy and he's very accurate with the ball. And because dude, like a lot of times when you watch rookie quarterbacks, what's the thing that they always struggle with is accuracy and the speed of the NFL. This dude's at least accurate with the ball. He's not throwing to anybody good, but at least he's throwing it in the correct place when he is throwing it. All right, fair enough. So we're on opposite sides of the Bryce Young fence. I'm still saying, you know, he's on he's on my bust watch already. Eh, t- tough to say three games in. All right, the Giants and Dolphins. I think Dolphins bounce back in a big way and uh, and wreck the Giants. You know, Saquon's probably going to be back, but I don't think it makes a difference. If I, if I'm Saquon, I think I'm set in one more week. Yeah, dude, I feel bad if Saquon has to come back for it. Dude, the Dolphins are going to be pissed next week. Good. Yeah, Lord, why dude. be a part of that massacre? Danny dude? Dolphins got to bounce terrible. back. Terrible. Yeah, he's playing horrible right now. He's, you know, he's he's a good runner, dude. Like he's another guy I think will be an awesome backup quarterback. Perfect guy, be a change of pace and give you a spark if your starter goes down. But he's just not quite there. That it's, God, it's still puzzling, man. That contract the Giants gave him this offseason. Yeah, I don't really know what they were doing with that, but yeah, he's bad. Yeah, the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a lot better than they showed on Sunday. I think they they had a bad day, and you know their defense. It's not a bad defense, but their defense is definitely built to play with the lead, right? They they're a defense that attacks when they get you in the pass mode, um, and they just they were not designed to play from behind at all. And the Bills just kind of ran away with that one. So I think the Dolphins get bounced back in a big way. All right, the one and three Bengals traveling to Phoenix to play the one and three Cardinals. Dude, I think the Cardinals win, man. I think the Bengals are – I think this this early season slump is legit. I think they have some serious issues, and the Cardinals have played great. There's absolutely nothing I've seen. Take away the – you know, the um, – basically the hype coming into the season from all the success the Bengals had the last two seasons. If you were judging just what you'd seen since from week one till now, there's absolutely no universe where you think Cincy is going to beat Arizona. And I don't think it happens on Sunday, man. The Bengals are actually three-point favorites for this, but I think that's just because Vegas knows the public's going to freaking pound the Bengals just, again, because of all the success they've had. I think Arizona rolls. Dude, I think if the Bengals start one and four, Zach Taylor's seat gets pretty hot. Um, He hasn't exactly done Burrow any favors with the offense he's running right now. Dude, I just I I cannot in in my right mind think that the Bengals are gonna start one and four. I just dude, they have too much talent. Granted, T. Higgins probably isn't gonna play, but dude, you have Jamar Chase. Like, just pepper him the ball twenty five times on Sunday. Like, just I don't know, dude. Jamar Chase already chirping in the media, dude. You see somebody asked him about his stat line. He said, "I'm open every play, dude." He, I, I think there's some issues there, man. I just, uh, I'm going. I don't know. And Arizona's played great, man. Even, even the games Arizona's lost, you've been like, man, they played really tough, dude. Whereas the Bengals have played like shit most weeks. I'm going Bengals. I just, I cannot. I mean, dude, they're a Super Bowl contender when the season started. I just, I, I, 
if they lose to the Cardinals, they have major problems on their hands. Like, because I think they got a bye coming up soon, and then they come back with the Niners, Bills. Like, they ha- this is a must win game for the uh, for the Bengals. I think they play like it's a must win game, and they win this game. I, th- I think it's close, but I think they win. All right, sneaky good game right here. This is the last two NFC champions going head to head. The Philadelphia Eagles, 4-0. The, you know, they're one of the last two undefeated teams along with the San Francisco 49ers heading out to LA to place to face the uh the Rams, man. What what's your read on this uh, one? Philly Ram- Philly is a four point favorite too going into it. The Rams are possibly getting cut back this week too, so but Stafford's banged up, man, and that Eagles defensive line. I'm going Eagles. I just, again, you said they are what the record says they are, and they're playing just well enough to win these games. Eventually, they're going to look like the Eagles, and it might not be this week, but I just, I I don't know. I just think the Eagles are a way better team. Dude, we've touched on it before. And, I mean, is it, can you think of a worse trade than the Titans just giving away AJ no. Brown for one first no. round pick, dude. Like, dude is such a game breaker, man. I don't know what they were thinking, dude. Like, it, you know, if you watch it, go back and find the. I, I'm assuming it's probably on YouTube. Just search like, you know, AJ Brown trade reaction. You see Mike Vrabel gets up and walks out of the draft room. Like, they kind of flash to the Titans' war room on draft night, uh, 2022, when that was going down. And you see Vrabel with this disgusted look on his face, just get up and walk out. And, you know, the GM that greenlighted that move was fired basically seven months later um honest yeah question. just honest question here how does the owner not step in in that scenario and say dude we're not the Titans owners not involved at all dude the titans ownership okay. it's it's a business dude right it's it's making money the, the titans owners is totally hands off on football operations until it got to the point where um, last season, you know, Ohio State was starting to put out some feelers on possibly getting Vrabel in as their head coach, and Vrabel ended up winning that power struggle. Vrabel and the GM were not on the same page at all. Like, Mike Vrabel had come out publicly and said that A.J. Brown wouldn't be traded as long as he was there on the team. Because there was, you know, A.J. Brown had been going back and forth trying to get a new contract from the Titans. The dude's just, he's one of the, you know, 25 or 30 players on, on in the NFL that can single-handedly win you a game. I just cannot believe that they traded him, man. Dude is such a freaking beast. Um, yeah, I just, as I was watching him make that amazing, uh, you know, run after catch touchdown on that deep ball Sunday, I was just thinking like, dude, this guy should still be on the Titans because he perfectly complimented what Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry brought to the table, man. The one thing Tannehill is good at is still in the deep ball, or at least prior to this season, that's what he was good at. And that's where AJ Brown excels at, man, just getting it and taking it to the house. So sorry, man, had to relive that. I just, I'm still not over that even uh, almost a year and a half later at this point. You don't have but, to be uh, sorry. I, I got an honest question though for you. Like you just talked about AJ Brown, like, yeah, he had a couple deep catches, but for the most part, dude, all the Eagles have to do is dump a ball off seven yards to him and let him do it. Like, yeah. why do these teams overthink it so bad? You have two. Devontae Smith is obviously not a physically imposing dude, but he's fast as shit. Quick Just as give, hell, yeah. Give him the ball, dude. Like, why, why are they running these, like, 25-yard routes, dude? Just because I feel like they're putting Jalen Hurts in horrible situations on a lot of these drives. Like, 
who cares if it's third and eight, dude? Throw a six yard dump pass and watch one of them get you the first down. And me, I think thing, it's coach's ego, dude. I think coaches just want to, they want it to be complicated so they can get the credit, right? The other thing, dude, that team should be giving Swift the ball 20 to 25 times a game. Yeah. You have he's to, awesome. Dude, he could get hurt on one play. Like everybody keeps saying that others keep him fresh for the playoffs. Dude, that dude could get hurt carrying a grocery bag into his house. Like, Stop all that work keeping him healthy for the stretch run. Dude, give him the goddamn ball while he's healthy. Like, he's unreal, and he's fun to watch. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think to to get my pick on paper, I think the Eagles win also. I think it's a good game, possibly game of the week. But, yeah, I think the Eagles uh, take care of business. Man, what is – so it's it's – I feel like it gets more and more chatter every single week. What is your take on the the Eagles QB sneak play? The it's basically a rugby rugby play where everybody just pushes Jalen Hurts across the line. Are you are you pro or uh, or against the uh, the QB push play? Because I feel like it's probably getting outlawed after this season. Well, if you notice, they're the only ones that can do it properly. The Giants tried to do it tonight and put two linemen behind Daniel Jones, and they couldn't even get a yard. Dude, half the thing is is Jalen Hurts squats like nine hundred pounds, like. Yeah, he's That's, a beast. He's just a monster, and I mean, it's just – I don't hate it. I mean, dude, there's – dude, this has been going on for a long time. USC did it. Like, this shit's been going on the for bush a long time. The bush push. Yeah, they, they've been doing it for a long time. Like, okay, here's my thing. If the defense knows it's coming, stop it. Like what? What's stopping you from stopping it? I, I that's the thing I don't get. Like people whine about like people running up the score, this play, like stop it. Bring in your biggest defensive lineman and stop it. Like I just I don't get what the gripe behind it is. Is it a legal play? Because it's not illegal. They're not pulling him. There's nothing wrong with pushing. It's what offensive linemen do every play. They push you. I I just don't I don't get the gripe behind it. I agree with you. They are going to ban it though. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's just a matter of time. I, I'm fine with it though, man. Like you said, if it was, if it was really so great, every team would be doing it. I don't think it's a problem until it becomes something where every single team is doing it and the defenses can't stop it. You know, but if the Eagles are, only, are the only ones that can execute it, then you're just penalizing them because they've built this advantage over the rest of the league. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the big deal is, but yeah, it definitely sounds like it's probably, uh, it's gotten enough attention. I see the NFL probably shuts it down this off season. Yeah. Seahawks have 10 sacks tonight. Holy crap. Yeah, they've been crushing it, dude. The Giants, I don't know, dude. Me and you are both big, big Brian Dayball supporters, man. Maybe we were off on it, dude. I thought he was like an offensive genius, but it has not been there this season so far. Again, another team that did nothing to improve their team. They gave Daniel Jones whatever, $45 million. Their only weapon is Waller when... Saquon Barkley's out when your only weapon is a tight end and your quarterback's not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, like, what are we doing here? I I don't get what they did this off season. They did nothing to improve their offense. Just think, dude, Daniel Jones probably got paid like $2.3 million for this performance tonight. How does that make you feel? Like I got to wake up for work in the morning and I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> same here bro same here <laughs> all right interesting game all right we got the uh the resurgent russell wilson and denver broncos hosting zach wilson and the jets i say the jets go in there and wax that ass man I, i'm back you know i i was you guys gave me shit all last season on the long balls uh shout out to our buddies over at uh turnbuckle 
Tavern. Uh, you guys gave me shit for always being so high on Zach Wilson. It finally paid off at least a little bit uh, last night. I think he keeps the momentum going. I say they go in there and kick the Broncos' ass. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to kick their ass, but I think the Jets' defense is so good that even if Zach Wilson just plays mediocre football, they win. Like, I mean, dude, they almost beat the Chiefs last night, and they shut them down pretty much the whole game. So, yeah, I don't – yeah, Jets win. I have no faith in the Broncos at all. Sean Payton sucks. Yeah, he does suck, dude. Like, he's just a, a piece of shit human being. He is. Sorry. No, sure you're not. Sean you fans listening. Hopefully his kids are listening. Fuck them. Hide the Vicodin. All right. We got the one in three Vikings, arguably the most disappointing team in the league so far, hosting the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs kicked their ass, man. I think that, you know, they had a shaky performance. I think I, we haven't heard any rumblings at all about Taylor Swift making the trip to Minneapolis. So I think the distractions will be at a minimum. I think the Chiefs get back down to business and beat the and beat up the Vikings and get the four and one. Dude, the Vikings are so bad. Like they barely won yesterday, man. Yeah, that was not impressive at all. They they are not a good football team, man. If you're Justin Jefferson, you got to think long and hard about staying there, don't you? Like. Are they really set up? No, because Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next season, dude. The prophecy is going to come true, dude. Zach Wilson, you saw it start last night, dude. Zach Wilson is going to be good enough the rest of the season that the Jets are like, fuck it. We could roll with Zach Wilson or we could have, you know, 50-year-old Aaron Rodgers, dude. He's going to go to the Vikings next year and lead, uh, you know, the the Minnesota faithful to the Super Bowl. God, stop. Hold on a second. I'm looking up a schedule thing for the Vikings real quick. Oh, damn it. They play them too early. I was going to say, can you imagine if the Vikings keep playing like shit and they played the Bears week 18 and then tanked that game on purpose and ended up getting Bryce Williams? Or not Bryce Williams. Sorry. Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. Can you yeah. imagine if that came down to that? He'd be nasty going in there, dude. I, I think Minnesota is just, uh, dude, I think it's just something in the water, man. I think they've been a little bit snake bit. You know, last season they went, what was it? They went something like nine and one in one score games, right? Um, and obviously that, you know, stuff like that tends to balance out the next season. I don't think Minnesota is nearly as bad as their record shows. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's feeling like it's kind of one of those seasons from hell for them. Uh so I don't know. They they would be nasty dude, though if they got one of the freaking top young quarterbacks, man. If they got uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May out of North Carolina, I think they'd be all set to have a hell of a run the next couple of years. I agree. They they would definitely be in line to be really good. I don't know if I picked, but I'm picking Kansas City. The Vikings are not good. Another big game. This one's could probably get some of the highest TV ratings we've seen so far this year, man. Two of the most popular teams in the league. Classic, classic matchup. It always seems like a big deal. Anytime both these teams are good and they match up, it's always fun. It takes me right back to my childhood, early 90s. Cowboys traveling to San Fran to play the undefeated 49ers. I just I, I just think San Francisco is just a way better team. Um, somebody said it today. I, I, somebody said I wonder today. about that defense getting to Brock Purdy, dude. So. Yeah, dude, Parsons sprained his ankle in that game yesterday, and he did mm, not look himself true. at all. True. What was you going to say somebody said? Somebody said Ezekiel Elliott not only ruined the Patriots' backfield, but he also ruined the Cowboys' backfield. I didn't realize <laughs> how poorly Pollard had played this year. 
Which is crazy because for the last two seasons, it seemed like Ezekiel Elliott was just like a, a freaking trailer hitch holding the freaking, uh, you know, holding the Cowboys back, dude, where, it you know, Pollard looked way more explosive and was the better player. Sometimes it's something too, like, you know, being a one-two punch. Remember it, you know, obviously me and Jordan were both long times Falcons fans, so we always got the Falcons nostalgia. Remember when like Warwick Dunn and TJ Duckett were doing their thing? TJ Duckett always looked super explosive. And you think he was going to be awesome, but like the games when Dunn was out, it seemed like Duckett just didn't wasn't the same when it was just him by himself. I'm going to read you Pollard's stats game by game so far this year. It's it's not good. So he had 14 carries for 70 yards and two touchdowns game one against the Giants. That, that's not a bad game at all. Game two against the Jets, 25 for 72. Not great. 23 for 122 with no touchdowns against Arizona last week. And then yesterday, yeah. 11 carries for 47 yards. That's piss poor. Dude, they had, okay, Cooper Rush kneeled twice. Dak must have kneeled once, but they had one, two, three, four. They had six people take a carry yesterday. Jeez. <laughs> and then Ramondre Stevenson is basically not even good at all with Zeke there. He had 14 carries for 30 yards yesterday. Good God. Yeah, the Patriots. He was. I don't know why the Patriots even brought him in. That did not even seem like a Belichick-type move, bringing in Ezekiel Elliott. Seemed like the exact opposite of what Belichick would normally do. Okay. I think the Niners win, man. I think Michael Parsons being a little less than 100% is enough for me to give the Niners the nod. If, if he was healthy, I'd be a little bit skeptical. I mean, Brock Purdy seems like a robot. Like, he's, you know, impervious to any sort of pressure or anything like that. But I think he... Uh, I think he's good enough to to get the Niners over the hump and, and they beat the, the Cowboys to move to 5-0. and Yeah, I agree. All right, and then Monday Night Football, we got the Packers traveling to Vegas to face the Raiders. Oh, that Cowboys-Niners game is the Sunday night game this week? Yeah, that's a Sunday night game. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying, dude. Probably, it could be one, that's going to be one of the highest TV rating games of the season. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Uh, Packers, Raiders, dude, the Raiders are a dumpster fire, man. I think they get the win, man. I think they're in desperation mode. I'm picking Raiders, dude. I think they, you know, it's Jordan, Lo- Jordan Love traveling, playing in primetime Monday night. I think the Raiders get the job done and get dude, the, if get the, the two and three. If the Raiders are in desperation mode, what are the Packers in? Like, yeah, I mean, they're in desperation mode too, man. But still, I just, I just, I think. I think the defense for the Packers is what makes the difference. I think they have a good enough defense to slow whoever starts for the Raiders down. So I'm going Green Bay. You're going Raiders. All right. And that is it for our picks. Let's get to million dollar bets. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, how we do last week? All right, so mixed bag for you. You had the Vikings minus three and a half, which hit, and then you had Atlanta plus three, which did not hit. I had the Seahawks tonight plus one and a half, clearly hit, and then I had the Texans plus three, clearly hit, so I was plus 100 grand this week. So that means I am at $1,050,000 now, and you are at $950,000 currently. Hmm. Okay, I got my two bets already lined up. I think the Commanders cover the seven-point spread easily on Thursday night. I'm going to throw 100000 down on that. 
Whoa. What is it? Seven? Big money. I'm confident. Yeah, it's seven. They got to cover seven point spread. So I'm putting hundred K down on that. And then I am going to put 40 K down on the Steelers uh, minus four and a half or Steelers plus four and a half against the Ravens. I think Mike Tomlin gets them fired up. I still think the Ravens win, but I think the Steelers make it a nail biter. So I think the Steelers uh, plus four and a half against the Ravens. I'll throw 40 K down on that. Okay. I am going, I am taking the Lions minus the nine points for 50,000. And I am nine point spread. That's always iffy in the NFL, dude. They're playing the Panthers. I have nothing but faith. And then I'm taking the Chiefs minus the five and a half for 50K as well. Okay. There's our bets for this week. We need to be keeping a tab for season long. How many, how many winners we gave out for the year? All right, so so far, here's where we're at. Oh God, I didn't keep a complete tally. We'll have that next week for you guys. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll roll it out next week. I, I that was a pop quiz for Jordan. All right, uh, you ready for some listener mail? Yeah. All right, thanks to everybody for diving into the mailbag this week. So first off, our buddy Sam Rosenthal says, "Do you think Tink? Do you think? Excuse me. Easy do you for think you to teams, say. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you, you think teams?" teams Shut up, dude. Do you think teams really tank to lose games? I just cannot see coaches calling bad plays, QBs intentionally throwing incompletions, etc. Since all that affects jobs and finances, I don't think. I think when the game kicks off, I don't think any team's tanking. I think teams are going one hundred percent once you know kickoff happens to win the game, play their best. One, it's a safety issue. Football is not like basketball or baseball. You kind of can't half-ass it, or you're risking getting hurt or getting one of your teammates hurt. Um, I, I think the way tanking happens in the NFL is maybe you see medical staffs getting getting super conservative. A dude who could possibly play, nah, let's go ahead and hold him out. Um, you know, a dude who could maybe come back, let's go ahead and shut him down for the season. I think that's how tanking happens in the NFL. Just the nature of football. I really don't think that uh, that you can kind of tank once the game starts. How, how about you, Jordan? Yeah, man, it, and it's it's hard because these guys are getting paid money, like, and, and they have pride on the line here too, like. Going out there and getting your balls beat in 40-0 is not something that these guys want to be part of. Um, I agree with you. I don't think that anyone goes into a game tanking. I think once the game gets out of control, um, I think that maybe the coaches start to maybe get a little bit more conservative with their play calls and maybe do things that is going to help them lose the game. I don't think anybody like knowingly tanks though, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. The players definitely can't. Cause I mean, what they, you know, it's going on film. You only get 16 games in, or 17 games down in the NFL. It's not like, again, not like basketball and baseball where you got a ton of games to make up. If you have one where you kind of, kind of loaf it, right? Like every single play counts. Cause you, you know, no job is guaranteed from season to season. So you want to make sure you got some good stuff on film for the other teams to break down to, to get on their radars. Uh, Sam's got another question. This is a good one, man. I was actually kind of pondering the same thing as we count down the, uh, the last uh, bit of, of Monday night football. Sam, he says, well, we see another exciting Monday night football game this season. I'm not sure, dude. Let's uh, I'm going to pull up the slate real quick. Jordan, kind of give us your thoughts on, on the, the, the Monday night game so far this year. I mean, I think the Thursday night games are much worse than the Monday night games for the most part because you have a short week to prepare. But I don't feel like they're doing 
anybody a service with some of the games that they're putting out there, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I just don't know how they come up with like thinking these are good games for Monday night. I mean, I guess on paper, dude, beginning of the season, Seahawks and Giants should have been a barn burner of a football game, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them for that one. What we have last week, Eagles, Bucks. I mean, that's not a terrible game. Rams, Bengals should have been a great game. Like, what do we got next week? Green Bay and <laughs> Panda Raiders. That's terrible. Week six, we got the Cowboys and Chargers. That should be pretty good. Um, week nine, we got the Chargers and Jets. That should be interesting. Week 11. All right, week 11 is going to be a good one. We got Super Bowl rematch week 11. We got the Eagles and Chiefs. That should be pretty badass. Um, that's really it, though, dude. Week 16, you got the Ravens and the Niners, which should at least, they'll, they'll at least be playing for some playoff positioning. And week 17, we got the uh, the Cowboys and the Lions. But it's not a great slate of games. There's a bunch of stinkers in there in the mix, too. So, I yeah, ESPN's got to uh, do some more jockeying for position on these uh, these Monday night games. I know you can't flex out Sunday night games till week eight. I think that needs to change too. That game last night, it granted it ended up being a good game, but that should have never been the Sunday night game after Rogers got hurt. Like they should have the the option to to flex that down. And in a couple of weeks you got Giants and Bills on Sunday night. Like who wants to watch that? But then you get Dolphins, Eagles. I mean, that's a good one. And then week eight is when they start flexing. And as of right now, week eight is Bears versus Chargers. So I'm pretty sure that's getting flexed out of Sunday night football. Who the hell put the Bears on Sunday night football? Justin Fields was one of the most exciting players in the league down the stretch last they year. They lost every game from October. But on he Steph. was exciting. I he don't was electrifying. Care. Dude, NFL is about wins and losses. Enough with your exciting bullshit. You either win or you lose, and you're there to win. And they didn't win any games the last three months of the season. Like, enough with the exciting. So you're telling me that you'd rather watch an exciting team than a good team? Well, the other part of it, Chicago is a huge media market. I mean, they're the third biggest city in the country. So I think that's drawing eyeballs. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, I guess I just I don't get what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lawrence Soto says thoughts on the Justin Herbert hit during the Raiders versus Chargers game. Was it really dirty or was it clean? This is the one that was out of bounds, right? Yeah, the player got it. Not only they got a 15 yard penalty and the player actually got ejected. I mean, dude, I get you're going hard, but. It's a quarterback, dude. Out of everyone, you know that someone you cannot hit late. Like, I mean, the thing I hate about it is, dude. Like, I I hate that play because even if he got to him in bounds, Justin Herbert had already slowed up and was clearly going out of bounds. Man, it was just a pointless play. And I get being physical, man. The defense has so much handcuffs on it nowadays. I feel for defenders in the NFL, but dude, he's clearly, clearly going out of balance. He's not the kind of guy you got to worry about like last second, cutting back up field and making some kind of crazy run. You know, he's going out of balance and he still put a massive hit on him. Now, did he deserve to be ejected? You know, I don't know. I could probably put that up for debate, man. I think, you know, 15 years ago, it still would have been a penalty, but it would have been a penalty and we just go on about our day, right? Like the Chargers kind of 
try to get some revenge on that guy and that's it um but yeah nowadays man yeah like you just you got to know dude like just play smarter because you cost your team and dude the raiders coaches were fucking pissed at that guy if you watched oh yeah so on the sidelines like you know they were already giving him shit and then when he got ejected his coach like shoved him towards the locker room you know nobody was trying to like console him make him feel better they were just you know he he was feeling it from his uh his teammates and coaches i cannot believe i forgot to talk about this in that game Okay, so you saw Herbert's hand, didn't you, at the end of that game? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Brandon Staley is a fucking buffoon of a head coach. He, he's holding the char- he's actively holding them back, dude. The, hold the on, Chargers hold on, is hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I haven't even got into why I'm calling him a buffoon. So it's fourth and one from their own 40 yard line. They're up seven points. What would you do when you're up seven points from your own 40-yard line with four minutes left in the game? Punt the ball, right? Especially when your quarterback's banged up. He ran a fucking QB sneak with somebody pushing Herbert from behind while your franchise quarterback's hand is bandaged up like half of his hand fell off in the game, and you're running a QB sneak. He got under center to take a snap. Are you kidding me? Dude, that dude should have been fired the minute they called that play. Like, that's your biggest asset is your franchise QB. You you have to protect him at all costs. I I just it was not only did the the play call make no sense, but the fact that your quarterback is hurt and you called that play makes it ten times worse. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been saying from the start of the season, dude. Dude's right up there on the hot seat. He's lucky they got the win, um, but I would not be surprised at all. He's definitely still got a shot to be the first coach fired if the Bears end up letting uh, letting their guy ride out the season. Just embarrassing coaching, man. Just putting your players in position to get hurt. Just so stupid. All right, my buddy James Ushie says, do the Tampa Bay Bucks win the NFC South? I um, think yes, dude. If I had to call it right now, I'm saying yeah. I mean, they definitely look like the most complete team in the NFC South. Evans got. I hurt. still haven't given up on the Falcons. Falcons could do it, man. But the you know, and the Bucks could, could definitely fade big time. But if, if I was laying money down right now, I say Bucks. If Arthur Smith gets his head out of his ass and actually puts Ritter on the bench and plays Heineke, I think they got a really good shot of winning that division. The Bucks losing Mike Evans yesterday is not going to help them. Um, so I know as hamstring injury. Did they say how long he's out? I mean, dude, this dude has a history of hamstring injuries, so like, there's no telling how long this could uh, drag on. Um, he usually comes back, though, man. But he, No, he's going to come uh, back. But he'll be less than 100%, though, and for sure. And the, the other problem is, and I like him, we've talked about him before, I mean, eventually Baker Mayfield is going to turn into a pumpkin and seize up, so... I yeah, mean, that they're due game, for a fade. Yeah, that game is coming. The Eagles game wasn't pretty, but that was just because they were playing the Eagles. But they're due a really bad game here soon. Hey, real quick to put a bow on our Monday night football coverage. So the Giants lost 24-3. The Seahawks were the first team since 1967 to record 11 sacks and a pick six in the same game. So imagine, you know, I don't know how many people started that Seahawks uh, defense special teams in fantasy football, but you damn near guaranteed they won after that performance tonight. That was uh, very impressive by the Seahawks. Man, a team that's really going under the radar, dude. They're three and one. Three and one. And they, they and the only game they lost was week one to a surprisingly tough Rams game. You know, I remember after week one, we were kind of thinking like, shit, maybe the 
maybe the Geno Smith Seahawks were kind of a, a one-year wonder, dude. But, you know, the Rams have proven to be pretty damn good. So, yeah, Seahawks may be a team to look out for. You know they're battle-tested. They've had a lot some playoff runs over the last few years. So, they, I definitely would not want to be going up against Pete Carroll and uh, Seattle come January. Agreed. All right. Last question. Brian Vermeer says, what rule do you think needs to be changed? Um, get rid of the onside kick and do the fourth and 15 play that the XFL did. <laughs> yeah, I would love that, dude. That would be so much more exciting. Even if they just made that like only allowed in the fourth quarter. Um, but I'd be cool with that being like all game long, man. Like why no, not? Dude? That would be so much it. fun. You can't do it all game long. That's getting too far out. You, I think you have to be trailing and it has to be in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, dude, really good teams would do that every time they score a touchdown. We'd have like 70 to zero games. They can't do that. Why not, dude? Fucking make it, take it. Just like playing basketball no, coming up, man. We're, we're if, you can't st- if I can gain 15 yards on you and risk giving you the ball at my 40 yard line, fuck yeah, I think I should keep the ball. I mean, I'm in favor of, of keeping it, of having it all game long, dude. But that's not how that worked. Isn't it? If they didn't get the fourth down, the opposing team got the ball in their own 25. Like it was just a normal kickoff. No, I thought the other team got the ball. I thought that was the risk reward of it because, you know, it's the same thing with the onside kick, right? You fell on the onside kick. The other team's getting it at the 50. I thought the other team gets the ball where they stop you at. So if you get the – it's basically like a regular fourth and 15, man. The onside kick, you just have zero chance of getting it now. Like now that they've killed the overloading of the sides of the line, like – it and it was, was just, never great before. It was already like a maybe like a 10, 15% chance thing. To, it, it's to about, begin it with. was about a 60 when you were playing the Falcons, but outside <laughs> yeah. of that, yeah, everybody else, is, everybody else is about 5%. So um. yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, in those high leverage situations, cause anytime you do it, you're in an onside kick situation, it's basically like, we got to have this to fucking win or lose. Do you want it to be decided by a bunch of special teams guys? No offense, man. Right. They're in the NFL. They're badass athletes, dude. They deserve all the credit they, they get, but do you want it to be decided by those? Or do you, you want to have your best players on the field decide if you get to keep the ball and have a chance at winning? Exactly. Yeah. They, they got to do something about it. Cause I mean, an onside kick, you basically have zero chance of getting it. So yeah, I'm all for them changing that. My tweak would be for overtime. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of different changes over the last uh, 11, 12 years to NFL overtime. I think it should be first to six, man. I think it should be that cut and dry. If you score a touchdown, that's game over. If you get a field goal, you got to get another one to win. I don't think I don't think overtime should ever end off of one field goal. I think it should be first team to six points wins in overtime. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, it's... But wait, it is first team to six points, except in the playoffs. Dude. No, it's not because yes, if, if one team, if one team, no, it's not, bro. Look at the four, look at overtime of the Colts game yesterday. Yes, it is. The Rams got the ball, scored a touchdown. That was the end of the game. Yes, it is. If you score right. a touchdown, no, but if the Ram, but if the Rams got the ball first and got stopped, and then the Colts went down and kicked the oh, field okay. goal, the Colts would have won. Okay, I see what you're saying. I- I'm fine with the way it is now. The over the overtime in the playoffs is is the way to go. I think. I, I personally that's where that. if they, now in the playoffs now if they score a touchdown, the other team has a chance to match it. Right? Yeah, I- I'm for that. I think that's a great rule. I. I get what you're saying. It's just, or what if we just got rid of field goals in overtime and just said first touchdown wins? Oh, I'd be fine with that. But what the only problem with that is, dude, then you're going to end up with a lot more ties, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I just did. 
no matter what, I just feel like the field goal is such an anticlimactic way to end Dude, the game. Have, and don't get me wrong, there's been some super exciting field goals over the years, but this I just feel like the you know, let me see a walk. Oh, there's nothing better than a walk off touchdown. Here's my thing. They need to get rid of the tie rule. The tie should not be happening in an NFL football game. Dude, I think they should break the tie with all right, you start off with a 35-year-old your yard field goal, then you back it up to 45, then back it up to 55. <laughs> Kickoff. Like, dude, uh, I, yeah. they have to do something, dude. There's no way you should be able to tie an NFL game. I think if it ends in a tie, they need to erect a cage around the midfield logo, oh and God. each team each team sends out its toughest fucking player, <laughs> and we go straight to fucking UFC, dude. Fucking tap, nap, or snap, dude. And uh, uh, whoever fucking wins, tell me that wouldn't be fucking awesome, dude. Imagine like that's the fucking like Browns and Titans fucking tie, dude. And you got Derrick Henry and and Miles Garrett walking out the midfield, dude, taking off the helmet and shoulder pads and fucking scrapping to see who wins the game. I mean, dude, how many eyeballs would that get, dude? Yeah, until someone got hurt, like a franchise player gets hurt, and then they're out for the season. <laughs> Well, that's part of it. So, you know, maybe you don't throw fucking, you know, your big guns out there unless it's the playoffs. Maybe you throw out some fucking special teams guy that's going to, or, dude, you will never, hey, if that was the case, teams might be using that 53rd spot on the roster to get some MMA washout, dude. How badass would that be, dude? If you were like, yo, the fucking, the the Falcons got fucking, uh, you know, the Iceman Chuck Liddell on the team this year, dude, in case the game ends in a tie. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> what what team would you, what team would have the biggest advantage if they put those rules in, dude? I feel like Derrick Henry would be a bad motherfucker, dude. Like, I, he'd be definitely be one of the last people in the NFL I would want to scrap with. Micah Parsons seems like a pretty bad one to scrap with. Um, yeah, the Bosa brothers guaranteed are dirty fighters. Bosa brothers, I feel like Micah Parsons. I don't know, dude. I don't know if he's got that meanness. I feel like he's a freak athlete, dude. I'm looking. Oh. I don't know if he's got like that dog we, in him. You what know? are we doing, dude? Aaron Donald is the clear winner here. Aaron Donald <laughs> yeah. would fucking murder <laughs> motherfucker. He'd be straight fucking hit, hitting pile drivers on people oh, and shit, dude. Dude, he'd he'd be the guy that brought the brick into the cage and hit somebody in the face with a brick. Yeah, I think that'd be the way to break ties, though. Straight up, fucking two men enter, one man leaves. Isn't Aaron Donald the one that was doing like that fucking speed training with his hands with the guy with the knife in front of him? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah he's I'm, he's insane. I am man. not messing with Aaron Donald. That dude would kill you. <laughs> All right, we already got Scott Van Pelt wrapping up the uh, the Monday Night Football post show, so I think it's time for us to get out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for the listener mail. We're loving the support we're seeing from you guys. It is much appreciated, and we are continually humbled by it. Uh, Jordan, hit us with some closing thoughts for this week's episode. Yeah, like Seth said, we're we're humbled by everything. The feedback we've been getting is just I don't know, man. It's it's tough to like put into words like what it means to us because I mean, dude, to me and Seth, this is just me and him talking football, right? But when people tell you how much they enjoy it, it I don't know, man. It's just kind of special when you build like a a brand new NFL podcast. I mean, there's there's so many NFL podcasts out there, and the fact that you guys choose to listen to us is pretty cool. So I feel like that's a good way to close this one out. Rougher 
bit You just remember what your old past said Boy, you got a friend in me Yeah, you 